It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you and I'ma start rocking gold teeth and fangs Cause that's what a motherfucking monster do Hairdresser from Milan, that's a monster do Monster Giuseppe Hill, that's a monster show <laughs> Is that why I started rocking gold teeth and fangs? Maybe, because bitch, I'm a monster <laughs> Oh God, no I'm not, I'm a baby girl I'm a baby girl If for any reason this camera is off it is no longer my problem i i i surrender oh yeah i surrender oh unto thee my blessed savior of the um audio equipment I surrender all. I surrender. I surrender it all onto Lord. I surrender it to Jesus of the aux cables. Okay. I no longer care. I don't give a eck. I don't give a fuck. If not, if even if there's no audio, because right now I'm not even wearing my headphones because I d- I'm just going to bear back this thing. Why not? Why not? The world is up in flames. You know, climate change, Aguan, like whatever. Que sera, sera. What will be, will be. If the audio is not meant to be, well, que sera, sera. Okay. Um, you're like, who am I listening to having a meltdown? Well, it is me, the baby girl in the place to be, Kelechi. And you are listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mom. And we only have a few episodes left. Ooh. But I can't wait to announce my new thing, just fixing my bra strap. I've got some like nice bras recently. Let me tell you something. Absolutely disregard this if one day you see me on one of their billboards. But Calvin Klein underwear is some bullshit. It is so poorly made, my God. The paint, the paint, not even the pants. The paint just a tear anyhow. It just a tear, tear. And you'll be paying, paying, paying. What? Why am I paying like, I don't know, 32, 32 pounds for one knicker? For one, not, I can't even call it knickers. It's one knicker. And then before you know it, it don't tear. What the fuck? Calvin, Klein, are you one per? I don't know. Do better. Hope you're alive. Do better. Because this is honestly ridiculoso, you know? I So anyway, I didn't get it from there. I bought it from a place, from a store that I don't think we're meant to like. I think we've talked about them greenwashing. I don't say we've talked about them because I don't think we've really talked about them. Maybe once when they had some t-shirt business. But I don't like underwire situations I hate bras with like wires in them like when I'm not in prison like what is going on why am I being restricted and constricted and confined 
I just like my things to be, you know, like not wired, very, very like lovely on the skin. Because if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I, I really dislike wearing clothes. I really, really dislike wearing clothes. They feel so yucky on my skin. Yuck. So I tend to like buy things that feel like nice and soft on my skin. So these bras are super cute from a store that I'm not meant to mention, I think. Um, But I just wanted to put, I've just got to speak my truth. (laughs) I've just got to speak my truth. And if you're looking at my outfit today, um, I'm wearing um, a navy blue uh, dress, tailored dress from COS, COS. You know, I'm a sucker for good tailoring. I think Richie actually put me on to cost, you know, because before I was just like, I don't think that they have anything that I'd really want. And then I stepped into there and I was like, I think I'm about this, you know, because sometimes sexy dresses aren't the ones that sort of slash up, slash up or tear up, tear up. And, you you know, not skinning out, not everyday skinning out <laughs> coming from me. Oh, my God, I've changed. Um, But this is a cute navy blue dress whenever I put it on I think I had it on for the is it the London literature London book fair London book fair had it on for that I think anyway and I've paired it with these shoes let me just get my feet out you can't even I've paired it with these oh you can see my tattoo as well but I'm not showing my front keeping my labia majora covered but um yeah I got these olive green Dr. Martens these uh, and they're super cute. These, what's it? Olive green, Dr. Martin, Mary Janes is what I would call them. They're lovely. And I'm wearing them with gold socks. Why? There's no reason why other than I'm just glad to be alive, you know, because sometimes I'm not. Not that I want to unalive myself, but I just, <laughs> this world, my God. Anyway, so it's a cute little fit. Really enjoying it. I've got a size six and a half. Thank you, Shah. Shah gave me Dr. Martin's, um, voucher a voucher from for dr martin's for my birthday and initially you know i was going to get the pull-on boots that don't have the tongue from dr martin's but instead i got these mary janes and i look super cute yes um just feeling myself you know feeling myself feeling myself why are we on nikki recently does she have scorpio placements i wonder um what else was i going to tell you well let me tell you the reason I'm dressed. I'm dressed because I had to record a self-tape. And you know, you know how I feel about self-tapes. I don't even care that my self-tapes come out raggedy anymore because I've I've literally given up from the other time when I recorded a self-tape, got a recall, booked the job, and then they took the job away from me because they saw something on the internet. I said, Jesus, have at it. Jesus of the casting directors, take everything. I no longer want to know. I I don't care. You are meeting me, dear listeners, at a point where I no longer give a damn. (laughs) I just don't care. Because what is the point? You know, you spend your life stressing out, stressing out, trying to control things and realizing that this ball that we're on that is hurtling through space this third rock from the sun it's on some bullshit it's on some bullshit my g's and me i cannot come and kill myself i cannot i cannot because like i said whatever will be will be 
The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera. The future is not ours to see. No matter how many tarot cards, no matter how many astrologizing that one astrologizes, the future's not mine to see. And whatever will be, will be. I can't come and kill myself because what is mine will actually never pass me by. That's one thing I know. One thing I know for sure and two things I know for certain that Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, he does. And also I'm a baby girl for life. I'm a divine child of the universe. And what is for me? What are for me are for me. You see it. So I don't care. I just thought I'd give you a little bit of chaos up in there. I need to, I'm not going to dilly dally today. I don't even have any guests on today's episode. So I'm going to keep it cute and keep it moving because I booked myself a massage at home. You know, them urban massage people that come to you. I booked that and so I'll be doing that. My hair's out. Was my hair out, out last week? My locks? No. When did I have? No, I only had my locks retightened. It might have been out, but I hadn't had it retightened. Look how my locks have grown. I feel like my locks are a representation of my healing. It's so pretty. Oh my God. No, actually get the fuck into it. Remember when I started and then I went and colored it. But, you know, it's still going, still going strong. And I've got it in two little pigtails. But don't let this cute fit get it get you fucked up, all right? Anyway, I just look really cute. It's what I wanted to say. Um. Anyway, let's catch up on some things. I went, no, I think I should talk about that for Share Your Magnificence. I was going to talk about the Marvels. I went to watch that the other day. Um. Apart from the Marvels, what else have I done? Well... Let me get my notes out because that is always so useful. So I do not forget what I wanted to say. Um, That's one of the things. Asking the tides. Asking the tides, you'll be like, what is that, Kelechi? Asking the tides is a um, form that I've created alongside a baby girl, uh, baby girl called Bukola. We've created this form. So if you hear of any instances or read of any instances where a young black person has gone missing and then their body is found by a body of water in the UK, please go onto that Google form and add the details into there. I know it seems really somber and all of them things, but I refuse to let this country pretend like there isn't a pattern that we're not picking up on. So I named it Asking the Tides because all water has a perfect memory and the water knows. And until the water can tell us, then we need to start collating some serious information. So please, 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 any instances you hear of a um, a black person going missing um, and then their body's been found by a body of water, just add it because sometimes, yes, it is a situation where somebody has chosen to take their own life, of course, but please add it because there are certain situations where the police are saying there's nothing suspicious about it and baby, there is all of the, there is all of the suspicions about it. So please um, add it. I'll put the link in the show notes, save it. Save this episode if you need to. Do not come and keep asking me. Save this. I'm repeating it again. Listener, save this. Save the link. You hear of anything, please go to the Google form, add it, and we'll keep a track of um keep a track of it that way. And um then we have something to show, you know, we have something substantial to be like, we're not imagining this. There is a pattern. 
So um, yeah, wanted to get that said and out of the way. Um, what else? Oh no, I'll save all of my other bits for later because I'm sure I've got it in the show notes somewhere. Let's get into the tarot then. I think, yeah, I think let's get into the tarot. I was on, I, I had a plant medicine journey recently and yeah. Should I save that for show your magnificence? No, I'll talk about it now. So before we get into the tarot, I had a plant medicine um, experience recently and it was so scary yet beautiful, really profound. And what came up for me, it's funny for, for me, whenever I go on any sort of plant medicine journey or experience, I cry a lot. I, I, it makes sense because I feel like I carry so much grief for myself and for the world and for the people around me. And I go about life and I'm just like doing my things and I'm getting all of this work done and, you know, money after make and all of them things there. But whenever I'm in that zone, I cry loads because it's like I need to release so much. And I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful that I get those spaces to ask for help because, you know, on a vulnerability thing for five seconds, on this most recent journey, I just, I, I just talked about all of the ways that I was just hurting, hurting for the world and, and closing out cycles. And people don't, I guess people do, but in my circles, I don't think people talk enough about how painful it is to let go, even though you know that letting go is the absolute best thing to do in so many areas of your life. And so I can be very, very functional, practical doing and logical and doing all of these things. But the emotion still needs to have somewhere to go and the safe space to feel it. And therapy is fantastic. Therapy is great, but uh, not therapy is great, but therapy is great. And um, there are modalities that I think complement therapy in order to release the grief that kind of sits and the hurt that sits within, like in the crevices of one's being. And I remember, you know, just saying, help me, like, help me. This is a lot. Like what the world wants me to hold is a lot. And I think that that's partly why I'm just like, yeah, I'm done with this iteration of expressing myself, you know, this channel as in SYM. Um, and I'm looking forward to announcing what I'm doing next. But like I said, that will be, um, not just because it's behind a paywall, but it will literally be about having a thriving, beautiful, vibrant community that has journeyed with me this far and wants to continue journeying with me. But I don't want mindless consumers. I don't, I don't need it. Like people who will listen week after week, but there is no deep connection where you're like, you know, support this, do this. And they're just kind of like, blah, you'll figure it out. No, where I'm moving to next year, you know, it's like every stage of my life is simply shit or get off the Ross Clark pot. Don't waste my time. Don't waste my fucking time. Yeah. And I feel like that, like there's, there's just a lot of shook heads in life. We see it in government, just in the day to day. There's lots of shook heads where it's just like, I, I should do this thing. I should be here. I should do this, but oh, I'm just so scared. I'm just so scared. And you know, danger is real, but fear is a choice. And especially when there is no danger per se, like move out, move out of the way. Like that girl Beyonce said, like move out of the way. Like, 
ain't got time for it. But one of the things that came up for me that I noticed also was that I do not pause long enough to celebrate the things that I have achieved. Like, I just don't. And I say that because the new edition of Elle magazine is out. This new edition of L. so this is the December 2023, Jan 2024 edition. If you go to page 180, I have a piece in there. And I was thinking to myself the other day, like, Kaleshi, like, there are people who are, like, who see themselves as only writers who have not had um, a, a piece in L magazine. And then I think I've had a, a piece in Grazia. I've had a piece in like newspapers and things like that online and otherwise. But I really had to deep it. Big, big L, UK. And I wrote something for it. They didn't use my picture, so they must think I'm a clapting. But they did use this gorgeous photo by Ekua King. Um that my piece, they've called it, The Therapist Will See You Now. While discussion about our mental health has become less stigmatized, there are still many barriers to accessing help. Kelechi Okafor shares how the ups and downs of her search for the right therapist became a gateway to a freer life. You know, I've all I've mentioned so much to you about how therapy saved my life. And so it's beautiful to have this piece in here. Um it starts off by saying, what do you call a light bulb moment when it's telling you you're not okay? I had mine sitting on the bus near Peckham Rye 12 years ago. I felt no different from my usual 25-year-old self staring out at the scenery. But with each passing road, I began to feel as if I were watching it all from outside of myself. I became aware of my own thoughts, observing them as they raced past each other in a chaotic mess. A voice in my head said, it feels so unhappy to be inside of me. I spent the next few months trying to figure out who the woman speaking these words was and how I could make peace with her. The bus ride made me realise I wanted to be rid of the persistent sadness that had followed me around all my life, permeating my working hours as a telephone charity fundraising agent, as well as my downtime. In Nigerian culture, mental health was usually talked about in dismissive or even abrasive terms. What do you mean you feel depressed? Pray more. Have faith in God my relatives would say. But that day in Peckham, I understood that no matter how much I placed my trust in a higher power, I also needed tangible help. Faith alone hadn't helped me process the shame I carried after being sexually assaulted at the age of seven. It had happened while I was in the care of a childminder. I'd lost so much of my childhood as a result, and I didn't want to lose my adulthood to the pain too. For most of my life, I'd remained silent about what had happened to me, denying myself reflection or an outlet for my grief. Initially, it was challenging to tell my loved ones I was in therapy and to explain that it wasn't what they imagined. It's not about attention seeking or paying someone for friendship. I'm nearing my late 30s now. Right, I actually am. Shit, I'm going to be 40 in three years. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait pom pom turn up for life you don't know anyway back to this sorry you know me i've got to break the moment of like seriousness with jokes <laughs> anyway it's not about attention seeking or paying someone for friendship i'm nearing my late 30s now and looking back i realized they were hesitant to support me because of their own fear and denial bubbling to the surface while there has been some progress in conversations around mental health, seeking therapy is still considered taboo. 
by many and not just in Nigerian culture is also historically only been an option for the wealthy rather than something all people can take part in. What's more, the British attitudes of maintaining a stiff upper lip and remembering to keep calm and carry on have prevailed. But while private therapy is booming post-pandemic, it's largely unregulated, which can make it harder to find the right therapist for you and make sure that confidentiality is guaranteed. When I decided to self-refer for counselling through the NHS, it was with the hope that it could help me understand and heal from my pain. I won't read any more, but you can go and read the rest. But L, a baby girl, L-U-K. Not just people talking about me, me doing the talking. I had to deep it and be like, Kalechi, like actually... Two slaps on your chest. And this is why I was saying that maybe I should have saved it for Share Your Magnificence. But I really needed to kind of like put that moment out there because I think that even in terms of this podcast, I don't think that it will sink into me what I've achieved with this podcast until well after it's done. Like, you know, maybe maybe when I'm 40 is when I'll be like, rah, Say Your Mind was actually a madness. Like, who else is doing a solo show of a podcast? Like, no, it's not a group thing. Me solo, selling out Sadler, selling out Bloomsbury. Like what? And it's not music. I keep saying it's not music. It's not, it's just me talking about my thoughts and people are showing up. Okay, I see what you did there. People are showing up for me in that regard. It slaps. Next to me, Edge of Here, a book, short story collection that I wrote. Again, I get so caught up in the minutia. I get so caught up in like, oh, this didn't go the way that I wanted. This didn't go the way that I wanted. I forget to take a moment and be like, you absolute G. And I need to sit with that. What does it mean to like really sit with, wow, well done, girl. Like, who am I waiting to tell me the well done? Because no matter how many people tell it to me from outside, it won't ever be enough because I need to know that I, you know, I did that. And I am that girl. So I just wanted to share that moment of reflection with you. Take from that what you will. Don't really care. Um, but yeah, let's get into this harrow. I think I chose, let me see which letter I chose. We just got a letter. Hey, we just got a letter. Um, oh, what's this one? I think I read this. Dear Kelechi, I've never written to you or any podcaster, writer, actor, entrepreneur, queen before, but your latest podcast had me compelled to fight against my natural shyness and reach out. I can't imagine the strain that your incredibly hard work puts you under and hearing your emotion was touching beyond words. You are a unique voice and we all benefit so much from the work that clearly comes as a, at a cost to you emotionally. No doubt many people reach out to you. So I just thought I'd add to the chorus of support. P.S. I've smashed my way through Edge of Here and absolutely love it. It's beautifully written. Thank you so much. That was lovely of you to write. I appreciate you. Thank you. That wasn't even the letter I was looking for, but um, you have the same name. Thank you. <sighs> okay, here we go. Dearest Kelechi, thank you so much for the wisdom and knowledge you have shared with myself and others through your podcast. Just making sure this is recording. I've been a longtime fan of yours, of your work, having listened to the podcast for many years, using your affirmation cards as part of my morning routine and also having bought Edge of Here on its release day. I love how a lot of you are like putting that precursor, like, girl, I do support. I don't know about the other hoes. I do support. Anyway, thank you. 
I'm waiting until I feel more like myself before I start reading Edge of Here, as I know with my full focus and concentration, this book will take me on a journey into the gift of imagination and other worlds. I want to keep it short and sweet for you and the rest of the listeners. I can't promise, but I'm going to try my best. My question regards failure, knowing when to stop and how to let blessings come towards you. I got managed out of my first corporate job that I moved cities for last year, which left me absolutely heartbroken with a sense of abject failure. I managed to find a non-corporate role in the same profession pretty quickly after this event, albeit a less well-paid role with hardly any progression, but I hope to find more well-suited and better paid jobs soon. In the space of 10 months, I've received six job rejections post-interview and I'm still in the same job. To quote Ian Beale, I've got nothing left. I'm normally a very confident person, but I've noticed my natural sense of optimism and self-belief, which I've worked hard to achieve from years of self-doubt, is at an all-time low. To make matters worse, the training application season for my profession has begun and this happens once every year for a short window of time. I've promised myself I would submit applications this year as I can't afford to flake as I've done um, previously, but doing applications is triggering as it reminds me of how unsuccessful I've been this past year. Being a fan of manifestation, I know how important thoughts are in shaping our reality, but I feel like I'm stuck in a negative thought loop, which is difficult to overcome and stops me from doing the work. My mind keeps referring back to the rejections out of nowhere, and this makes me doubt myself and my own power. I love my colleagues and the wider work my company delivers as its human rights focus, which has brought its own healing as I didn't fit into my corporate role. But um, as um, but the pay is simply not enough and the cases I'm working on are dull as dishwater and not human rights focused. I knew this industry was competitive, especially coming from a low income single parent family and being the first to go to university. But I didn't expect um, it to be this relentless. After back to back rejections, I feel as if I'm being held in this position and I'm no longer growing despite committing myself fully to this process. Essentially, I feel stuck after having sacrificed my mental health and a lot of time, money and effort for a career that has chewed me up and spat me out before I've even properly started. Coming back to my question about failure and when to stop and knowing when to stop, I would seriously appreciate any wisdom you can impart through your spiritual gifts about the journey I'm on and what is required of me right now. How do I progress in these circumstances? What am I doing wrong? I still want to work in this career and I'm certainly not going to give up on myself because of rejection, but I don't know how much more I can take. I view myself as deeply spiritual and my friends always comment on my psychic ability of uh, foresight, but I feel like I can't trust my own intuition anymore. And it's what led me to this career in the first place. So I'm taking the brave step to be vulnerable and ask for spiritual guidance with reference to my career. Funnily enough, I'm experiencing my Saturn return in the 10th house, which I've read is the house of career and status. I'm sure this information along with my birth chart shall help to delve deeper um, into what I'm experiencing and how to navigate this difficult time in my life. Thank you for reading this and I wish you, your family and loved ones all the best. The impact you've had on my life and the lives of my friends is immeasurable and I pray that spirit blesses you in this lifetime and the next. Ashe, thank you so much. When you were writing that, I was like, you have Pisces placements. The moment you said psychic, I said, those are those Pisces babes. Ah. The Pisces people and their psychic ability. Sadiq is one of those people. He does so effortlessly what I have to really sit in and tune. 
Anyway, I see that you've got Venus in Pisces, your sun is in Pisces and Saturn in Pisces. Of course, you said you've got your um, Saturn return. Um, interessante. You are your work. This is what I feel like because you've got your son in the 10th house in Pisces, you are your work. This is why this is making you feel the way that you're feeling. Cause it's like, wait, if I can't get the jobs that I want, then what does that say about me? And let me tell you, it doesn't say anything about you. You've got that Saturn close to the sun, which means that you, even though it's a seven degree orb, which is I'll break that down. Saturn is like restriction, right? It's discipline. It's all of those things. Saturn is going to be in Pisces for another, what, two years, right? So I bring this up to say that your career is going to transform over the next two years. You are being put through a training academy right now. You know, when, you know, those montages that you see where somebody starts out as like the rookie and they can't make it through, you know, those, you watch those, I mean, I'm not promoting the military, please, but you know, like you watch those films and then when they first start, they can't even really tie their shoelaces and they've got to get over this obstacle course and their face keeps ending up in the mud. And then you've seen them being screamed at like, Cadet, cadet, you get your face in the ground. Do you know what you're meant to be doing? You are nobody. You can't do this. Go home. And they're like, no, I won't go home. I can do this. That's literally what's happening right now. You're being put through a rigorous training regarding your career. But I promise you on everything I know and everything I love, at the end of these two years, you're going to have a much clearer idea about what components were missing in terms of your career, right? And then it'll be something that you then carry on learning for the next like 27 years. But this isn't here to punish you. Everything is just being put in an order that can that can hold you, right? So it's about foundation. Saturn's about that. It's about foundation. And so it makes absolute sense that the first thing that you would have experienced is to, to lead up to this story is a sense of rejection, the sense of failure. All of these things make absolute sense, right? So my um, Saturn, I'm just giving you myself as an example. My Saturn is in my ninth house, right? It's in my ninth house of higher learning and foreign lands. For a long time, for a long time, I didn't really get to travel especially when I was having like my Saturn return, like I didn't really get to travel like that. I didn't really get to learn in a way that I needed to. Then when it got to, when I got to about 27, 27 and a half, between the age of 27 and a half to 30, I got my ass handed to me in terms of like, it was like a crash course. It was like a, the most intensive course in learning, in learning and in, in how to grow. Like that was like the 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 dickhead in recovery, in like intensive course where it was just like all of, baby, all of these views that you thought that you had, that you were kicking with your friends and you thought made sense, get it in a fucking bin and grow the fuck up, right? And so now, because what Saturn would then do is like, you have all that rigorous learning between 27 and a half and 30. Then after 30, around 33, you get the gifts of what you have learned. If you've chosen to learn anything, otherwise we'll catch you in another 27 and a half years, isn't it? But um, yeah, basically I then started being able to travel a little bit more and a little bit more 
and a little bit more. And then I noticed, and I think I've said this on a podcast before, the more that my traveling was kind of geared towards learning, the more I was allowed to go. But if my travel is around just doing nonsense and skinning out, it's unlikely that I'll get to go. I had to understand that my trip to foreign lands was in order for me to be better equipped spiritually, mentally, all of those things. So for a while, I'd be like, why aren't I booking the jobs that's far away? Why aren't I, why, why aren't I getting this? And I've always known that, for instance, I want to study more. I want to do a master's. I want to do a PhD. But I had to actually see academia even for what it is. And it's some bullshit. The way that black academics are being treated like right now, even like just academics in terms of um, academics of color, the way that they're being treated right now is disgusting by these institutions. And so I guess... Saturn's also like a protection, a barrier to be like, you don't need to be over there right now. You need to build a stronger sense of self before you even go into that arena. And it's made clearer to you what you're about and what you're, you know, meant to be doing. And I feel like it's the same for you in terms of your career. Like you are being kind of protected. There's a barrier. So you don't just fall into the melee of what your career entails in terms of the corporate sense that you have a strong sense of who you are before the thing that you actually want to do you gravitate towards each other because what you're looking for is also looking for you right um and we know that you are kind of very very equipped to do the stuff in the human rights humanitarian sense because you've got your mercury in aquarius also sitting in that 10th house because we're using Placidus here and um, Placidus, right? To, um, in term, in t- instead of whole sign houses. So that means that career wise for you and your Mars is there as well. Mars is 25 degrees. Um, Mercury is 23 degrees. So that's a two degree orb. So you're, you won't feel motivated unless what you are doing speaks to humanity. You should also consider because uh, um, apart from uh, Aquarius dealing with all of those things, it also deals with technology. So it would be really interesting if you're looking at how um, our human rights are being affected, for instance, by AI and facial recognition, all of those things. I think that that will come into play at some point with this as well. But that Saturn being there in the 10th house just lets me know that you are going to get more powerful, more um, sure of yourself as you grow. By 33, you will have a really strong sense of who you are. But for now, you're going to have to take them licks, my baby. You're going to have to take them licks. Like it just won't feel steady for a minute. It, it just won't because Aquarius is sharing that 10th house with Pisces. It's just, there'll be the sudden changes. There'll be the things, but you have to almost like roll with the punches. You have to go with it because everything as chaotic and as unprecedented as it might seem, everything is gearing you to where towards where you need to be. And why this is also interesting is because you will feel like you're having a longer Saturn return than most people because you've also got um, Aquarius place, uh, placements also in um in your 10th house as well, right? So that means that when Saturn was in Aquarius, you were getting your ass handed to you. Saturn's in Pisces, you're still getting your ass handed to you, but it will strengthen what you know spiritually. So while Saturn was dealing with you um, with uh, the Aquarian elements of uh, Mercury and Mars, you are learning more about what matters to you and what you actually want to fight for. Now it's moved more over to the um, 
Pisces sort of um, direction of everything. Um, it means that now you're being strengthened internally, spiritually, subconsciously to be able to withstand what is ahead of you. Because right now, baby, if your these couple couple um, rejections have got you flailing in the wind, <laughs> the things that are waiting for you in your career, let's say eight years from now, current you is going to crumble when you see what eight years you has to face. So understand that this is you learning how to take them shots, take them shots accurately. Yes, currently you keep missing the basket, but you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And then eventually those shots are going to start going in and you're not even going to have to think about them. Right. So this is what's happening. This is the preparation. This is the training ground for the, the person you are becoming, the professional that knows their shit like eight years from now. So I don't worry um, about that for you. And it's so funny because you have your South Node in um, in your 12th house. Your South Node is in your 12th house. So that's why spiritually, you don't even worry about that. You, you have a very strong psychic ability. We've already covered that in the email. But your North Node is in your 6th house of work. And that is Scorpionic. My God. Jesus. Right. All of that Scorpio. Venus in Scorpio, all of that. So when it comes to, again, your work and your health, they start, they start mixing and becoming one. You have to have boundaries about how your work is affecting your mental health. That's also a practice for you to think about as well. And also how much you take on of other people's stresses. So as you grow in your career as well, understanding that you'll help people. I want to call them clients. You'll help people. You'll help them with their things, their cases, whatever the case may be, whatever it is that you do, you'll do all of those things, but you'll probably want to, you'll probably have the tendency to want to carry this stuff home with you. And you need to learn where to just leave the thing at work and that you'll come back to it and you'll give it your all. But it definitely does feel like um, with Scorpio, you're helping people that their power has been taken away from them. Um, so I love your chart. I love what your chart is saying. I love what your chart is about. Um, you've got this. Anyway, let's look at some cards to get more specifics about how you handle fa um, failure and things like that. But I hope I've covered quite a bit of it uh, as it is. <laughs> I will literally tear one lock out if this hasn't been recording, but I think it is. Um. All right. So let's see what the... Oh, look, ah, wow, your cards are just flying out. I didn't even... Oh, I didn't even have to try. That's your psychic ability coming through. You must be listening intently. My God. Um, Yeah. Okay, beautiful. I didn't even have to do much. Bloody hell. So you've got the three of wands that came out here um, wanting to expand your horizons, wanting to move on. But what I like about the three of wands here is the fire sign energy. But what I like about the three of wands when I look at it here, it's all the water that this person's looking at. So I feel like it speaks to your Mars in Pisces. Well, you know, your Mars in Aquarius, um, but sharing that um, close proximity with Pisces, right? Um, what it makes me think about is that those boats, can you see those boats in the distance? If you're watching on YouTube, there are boats in the distance and they're coming in. Those boats are coming in with all your treasures. It sounds very colonial. I'm so sorry, an imperialist. But all of those things are coming in for you. You just keep doing what you're doing, taking your notes down, writing the things that you want and you want to move forward with. But the most important card that came out so far is the seven of pentacles. Patience, patience, grasshopper. Like 
if you see the figure in this card, they're smiling, number seven. So I even think about the number seven and seven months from now, um, you know, things picking up for you. But um, even in terms of not even just seven months from now, but I, I said to you eight years randomly, didn't I? I said to you eight years. So I feel like in seven or eight years, you'll be, you'll look back on this and be like, I understand why those things had to be how they are. And then we've got the three of pentacles that came out crossways, another earth sign energy, another slow moving energy. The three of, uh, so that's two threes now, three of wands and then three of pentacles. It came out crossways because you haven't yet met the people. You haven't yet found the collaborations that's going to, um, lead you in the direction that you need to be going in. So that's why you're being asked to um, exercise patience because not everything has been put in place yet. And then we've got number 19 here, the sun card, a major arcana, one of the, the most joyful card in the deck, absolutely the most joyful card in the deck. Um, the baby is on, in this occasion, the baby's on a uh, dog, little baby's riding a dog and there's a puppy there in the background that I rarely ever notice and sunflowers in the sun. And it makes me think of, um, Usman Semben that said, um, Europe is not my center. Um, why be a sunflower and look towards the sun when I myself am, um, am the sun? I've got that tattoo on my thigh. And it's reminding you that, that you yourself are the sun. So you don't, it's not your career that is going to um, legitimize who you are. Um, it bolsters it, of course, because you are your work, as we've said, but imagine you have a bad day at work or you have a bad, you know, a very challenging spell. Um, at work does that now mean that you're you're ridiculous and you don't deserve to exist no it doesn't so it's bearing that in mind that all you're being asked to do is exercise patience it's not fun I know it's not fun like but I'm and I think it was even for you that I read out that um little bit of my article for L there was a point there were points when I was working in charity fundraising at call center when I tell you baby the way that some of these managers used to speak to me I was like if I see you in an alleyway I will absolutely fuck up your shit but it, I just had to firm it and I didn't know why I sold I did charity fundraising there was a point where I was selling Hillary's blinds there was another point where I was selling wine like but all of those things in their own random way meant that I learned so many things that I wouldn't otherwise know um, one point I was selling mobility cars Like Child I've been through it I've been through it Okay And All of that was worth It to be here All of those things Had to happen for me to one day be like You know what I think I need to go and qualify as a personal trainer Because outside of acting Fitness is something that I know fucking well Let me go and do that And I use my money from the call centre To Um you know, pay for my um, course, but the ch uh, charity fundraising center that I was at, they wouldn't, they didn't, even though that they said that they were for actors, they didn't offer you much flexibility for you to go to auditions and do all of these things. So they were just making it difficult for me to do my course. And like, how many relatives are you going to kick, uh, kill off just so you can go to these auditions? So I moved to another um, telephone, like another call center and they were more flexible. As long as you could show them like an email of a casting that you've booked, then they were like, yeah, fine, go do your thing. And that's how I ended up finishing my course, qualifying as a personal trainer, eventually opening my own studio, like my own pole dance studio and everything just being where it is now. Like some of, sometimes our path is not linear, like linear. I've got Jupiter in Pisces. So when I tell you I've got Jupiter in Pisces and it's retrograde, I believe. So I feel you like the, I 
People, they tell you about your five a day that you need to eat fruit and veg. I eat rejection, fam. My five a day is rejection and people playing in my fucking face. So what I've come to understand from that is that you really, really have to know like who you are. Like you, you have to know what name God calls you by because people will call you every manner of bullshit in this life. I've been called everything under the sun. But if I did not remember the name that God calls me, like, I don't think I would have gotten this far. And that's why I'm reminding you that these rejections, <laughs> failure is not your name. Failure is not your name. If you choose to answer to it, that's your business. But failure is not your name. Like you are someone of gravity. You are someone of um, huge amounts of success and convic- um, like conviction. Like just hang in there. Like it feels very kind of blah right now, but I absolutely know you've got this. What have we got here? Oh, look at that. The card that you've got from the Dickhead and Recovery Affirmation deck says, even in my unknowing, the universe guided me here. With what I now know, I welcome what I'm yet to discover. I am in the care of divine love. You need to hear that. That as as I was watching, quickly, quickly, I was watching the city of angels you know if those who are og listeners know that that's like my one of my favorite films of all time city of angels with nicholas cage and meg ryan so while i was um on my plant um journey i decided i was going to watch city of angels i was really trying to focus anyway there comes a scene and i feel like i needed to re-watch it because I think some fears that i have around relationships were actually concretized by watching that film but um I watched it and this is it's the point where he's given up. I think his name is Seth. He's given up um, eternity, immortality for um, Meg Ryan, her character. And then she dies. And so then he sat there in the darkness in, in the house that I guess he got from her. And his angel friend, who actually is that guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the um, chief. Anyway, he's such a good actor. Anyway, he shows up and he's like, I know that you're there. So then he appears to him so he can see him. And he says, is God punishing me? And the black angel, the guy says to him, you know better than that. And that, when I tell you, I started wailing, I started sobbing because it's absolutely that. Sometimes in our limited thinking, in the moment, our ego takes over and it's just like, oh, I must be getting punished because da, 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 da. But our spirit self knows better than that. Our spirit self understands that this journey is not linear and, you know, lessons will come how lessons come, but you've got to hang in there. Then the card that you get from the wisdom of the Oracle deck is why number 31. Oh, I've, I didn't even have the camera on anymore. Ignore me. Why? Number 31. And it came out reverse that these are the things, these are the questions that you're asking. Where's the book for it? Let's see what it says for number 31. Why? Why? Tell him that it's human nature. Why? Anyway, it says here, um, there is great power in understanding your motives right now. The Oracle asks you to be very clear about why you're asking this question, looking for this answer, behaving in this way, and most important, making this choice. Knowing your why is the key to fulfillment. When you are clear about it, your intention will then be a magnet for miracles. Motives define the nature of your experience. When you think about something, feel it, and then act on it. This invisible why is the life force energy within the seed, which brings it to life and holds the potential for growth so you're being encouraged now um to think about that um you've got here 
prosperity message. Knowing the motive and motives behind your career and creative ventures is the ticket to your greatest success. It's time to ask yourself some probing questions. Are you driven by a desire to serve? Does your prosperity impact the greater good? When you envision your most prosperous life, are you guided by a sense of purpose or by a need to make money, acquire things, save for the future or all of these? No motive is bad or good, but having age, um, but having agendas hidden from yourself will lead to disappointment and possibly failure. Be clear about why you want the things you do. If the motives are true, accept them. If they are not, change them so you can step into your extraordinary life. So baby, I pray that that resonates with you. It's an absolute pleasure to have read for you. I feel so good doing that reading. So I know your great vibes. It was great to read for you. Um, anybody else with your questions, you can send your one question tarot readings uh, or tarot questions to, um, well, you can buy it, sorry, on kalechiokafo.com um, or an express. So I get that to you within seven days or you can buy an express one that I get to you within 24 hours. Um, remember that it's uh, one. You have to ask me a specific question. If you send me a message and you say I want a general reading, I'm not. I'm going to refund your money, which I've done recently to a few people. I will refund your money because it's a specific question. I'm not just going to read for you generally. No, otherwise you can just get yourself a month reading for thirty three uh, pounds from the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Kalechiokafo, and get that instead and do the one month. But I don't do general readings on the question one. You have to ask a specific question. So that's that. Anyway, let me big up um, this week's uh, show sponsors who are Dipsy. Whew, baby, the world seems like it's up in flames right now. So the last thing that you might be thinking about is, you know what? Let me tickle my clitoris or my peen or whatever genitalia you're working with, darling. Um, but erotic release is also necessary you know, to, to, to get those serotonin levels and all of those things vibing and zhuzhing. Dipsy's here to help with that. What is Dipsy? Well, Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. It's radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners and 56% of their stories are voice acted by people of colour. You can now listen to spicy audios from your favourite TikTok creators if that's what you are into. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favourite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore and they also have soothing sleep stories because oh some of us really need the sleep wellness sessions are also there and sexy written stories are also there to read as well let dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time explore your fantasies relax and unwind or even just heat things up with a partner so for listeners of say your mind dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash straws that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to d-i-p-s-e-a stories.com slash straws that's dipsystories.com slash straws go and get your sexy on let's then get to Share Your Magnificence. Share Your Magnificence. I think I can pretty much keep it brief. I was reading about this. Well, this is an old story anyway, but I wanted to share it anyway. Um, it says here, Chief Kachin uh, Damoto has broken up 850 child marriages in three years. I don't even like calling them child marriages because children can't consent to marriage. So 
Yeah. And and banned the sexual initiations of young girls. I'm glad. Um, it says here, the mild-mannered woman who zips around a farmhouse packed with knickknacks and insists her guests eat a meal before any introductions presents a character at odds with her fearsome reputation of being Malawi's top marriage terminator. 13 years ago, Teresa... Kachindamoto could not have conceived of ever leaving her job of 27 years as a secretary at a city college in Zomba, another district in southern Malawi. She had no desire to return home to Monkey Bay, a stunning cluster of mountains in the Desda district around Lake Malawi. Um, although she had the blood of chiefs, Malawi's traditional authority figures running through her veins as the youngest of 12 siblings, a woman and a mother of five, Kachindamoto never expected to become a senior chief to uh, the more than 900,000 people. Um, but when the chiefs called, she says they told her to pack her bags and go home to the Desda district as she had been chosen as the next senior chief. She was told that she had been chosen because she was good with people and that she was now the chief, uh, whether I liked it or not, she records. Kashindamoto um, duly donned the traditional beads, red robes and leopard skin headband and started touring the rows of mud-walled grass-thatched homes to meet her people. She was shocked when she saw girls as young as 12 with babies and teenage um, and teenaged husbands as, and was soon um, ordering people to give up their ways. I told them, whether you like it or not, I want these marriages to be terminated. A 2012 United Nations survey found that more than half of Malawi's girls were married before the age of 18. It ranked Malawi eight out of 20 countries thought to have the highest child marriage rates in the world. Last year, Malawi's uh, parliament uh, passed a law forbidding marriage before the age of 18. But under customary law of the traditional authorities, the constitution um, and the constitution, Malawian children can still marry with parental consent. On the Human Development Index, Malawi is considered as one of the world's poorest places, ranking 160th out of 182 nations. Early marriage is more common in rural areas where parents are eager to get girls out of the house to ease their financial burden. Um, Emelida Misomali is part of a mother's group in the village of Chimoya in Desda district, um, Dedza district, which uh, warn, they warn parents about the long-term ills of early marriage and childbirth and say it falls on deaf ears. Most of them say it's better that she gets married. We can't afford to keep her. She will make us poorer. No matter the rationale, whether better health, educational well-being, Miss Olmali says stubborn parents won't give and um, stop giving away their children. We see a lot of complications like cesarean births and girls cut as their bodies are too small to give birth. Um, in this area, outside Kachindamoto's jurisdiction, um, jurisdiction, Ms. Omali says that uh, chiefs and police can't intervene as the community backlash is too strong. The litany of sexually abusive traditions here include sending girls bound for marriage away to camps for, Kusamba, uh, for Kusasa Fumbi, which means cleansing. Reportedly, at these sexual initiation camps, the girls are taught how to please men by performing titillating dances and sex acts. Some graduate only by having sex with the teacher. Others return home untouched, only to be preyed on by local hyena men hired by parents to take their girls' virginity or by the prospective husbands to impregnate them. In a country where uh, one in 10 uh, people is infected with HIV, these rites of passage, which rarely involve the use of condoms, 
can sentence girls to a lifetime of trauma and early death. Um, according to Kachin Damoto, who has banned these kinds of cleansing rituals, um, girls as young as seven are sometimes sent to these places. I said to the chiefs that this must stop or I will dismiss them. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, all of these stats, stats are heart, heartbreaking and I really should have said trigger warning before launching into that. But I really, really rate women people generally but women specifically african women who are um, working hard to break cycles breaking cycles that have been too long-standing and they don't serve us um the winners of the Kane prize this year their name has gone out of my head one of their stories the story that they won with is about child marriages um and girls being taken and stuff. It's so beautifully written that at first I didn't even realise what I was listening to, you know, when it was being read out. Uh, it was just so fantastic, so poignant, so heartbreaking. Um, but I read that because there are so many things happening in the world and I often feel like little black girls get forgotten. And I know it's not just in um, African countries where these things are taking place, but we need to fight for our little girls. We need to. Otherwise, they grow up into, you know, to be people who are then retracing their steps back to where their naivety, their innocence, all of those things where they it got relinquished at some point, their sense of joy. So big up yourself um, for doing this, Teresa Kanchidamoto. Thank you for being um, a fighter, a warrior and, you know, hearing the call that your people needed you. I rate it. Two slaps on your chest. Um, I was going to say that apart from that, I watched the Marvels, the movie, and obviously I'm not a seasoned Marvel person, viewer, fan, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more so because of Tiona Paris. Tiona Paris is so gorgeous. Can't get over it. Even in um, WandaVision, I just love her face. I love her teeth, love her hair. She's great. And um, the baby boy, Abraham Popola, he's in that as well. And it was, it's always so wonderful to see somebody that you like know just pop up on the screen, on the big screen. You're like, whoa, um, he was brilliant in that. It was funny. It was funny. It was funny. You know, I know like seasoned Marvel fans were like, why did they spend so long explaining and not getting to the juicy bits and getting to the action? I was like, they're explaining it to those of us who have no clue. And the villain in it, she had gold fangs like me, like the gold bottom fangs. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway. But this is why I was singing Monster earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. It was good. I, I, and that, what's his name? Sun John, Sun Joe, John Park, Park, Sun John. Anyway, he is so cute. Young, but cute. Um, young for me is what I'm saying, but cute. It was, it was, it was a mood. It was a mood. I feel like I want to see more Marvel stuff and big up Nia DaCosta. You know, she directed Candyman. I enjoyed that. She directed this, like she's doing bits. I love that a black woman is getting to direct these things, you know, keep doing what you're doing. So I wanted to big up um, people that were in that. And then Casta Semenya. Casta Semenya has an, her book out called um, The Race to Be Myself. Yeah just showing it on the screen, Casta Semenya, The Race to Be Myself. And um, I saw her in conversation with Kenya Hunt last week. And it was really, it was such a good conversation. It was such 
a great conversation. And I want to see more of Casta. You know, I want to hear more conversations with Casta because there's so much that she holds as a woman that I don't feel like gets spoken about enough. Like this sporting world has put black women through so much. When I think about her, Serena Williams, Simone Biles, like everybody, like they have put black women through so much. And it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. But Casta Semenya, yeah, it was a really, really moving discussion um, watching her chat with Kenya. And she's so charismatic. And I feel like she's got Aries placement. I feel like it. Or she's got a Mars rule chart or something because baby girl is fiery to bumba. Wow. Wow. And those who have been, I keep saying those who've been listening for a long time, but there is no secret that I... Fancy the hell out of of Casta Semenya. Wow. I just think she's great. I I just do. And it's more funny because um, she was talking, right? And then she was just like, yeah, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to cry. I don't know how to nurture. And I got to say, I got to say my clitoris was doing the Macarena. I was like, what? A soul that needs healing? Sign me up. Sign sign me up immediately. What is so funny? Those who are on my close friends list see a completely different thing to how I use Instagram because I was posting one thing on the main stories. I was posting a completely different thing in the stories, um, you know, for closies. But oh, ah, ah, woo. Damn. Damn. You're my wifey. No, I know she's married. Oh, she married? I don't know. But she's got a long-term partner, so I'll behave. But Casta, call me 911. Uh, I'll call you back to see. Wow. Again, wait. Another person that's, I feel like, no, she's like, what, 32? Yeah. Any, I don't find younger people attractive. I mean, like, and people that are younger than I am, I don't. It's just there's something about it. I don't. Um, in that way, like, I can think that, wow, but I, I feel like the, the you know, the nuts and bolts of it all, mm-mm, mm-mm. But she has a Jenny Sanquan. I will tell you that. Wow. I'm glad I got my picture with her manifesting. <laughs> um, But no, she's an incredible athlete. And I hate that the motherfuckers in these institutions have stopped her from being able to do what she does best because of like reproductive organs and testosterone levels and all of the, I I just hate this, this world so much sometimes. I just do like just horrible situations. And I like how she dragged because baby girl can drag is another thing. I felt like she was a mirror for me because she can cuss Wow, I thought my mouth was fiery. She can cuss. And I just feel like there's so much there, so much to delve into that I don't feel like people were able to sit down with and chat with her enough about. And I wanted her to come on the podcast. And mm, how do I say this? I will say, like I've mentioned many times before, 
that publishers do their black authors a major disservice when they like, why is publishing so unimaginative or are you only imaginative when it comes to white men like David Walliams? Is that the only time that your imagination kicks into play? Because David Walliams, I'll see billboards for him on the side of buses, tube stations, this, that, this, that, this, that. But when it comes to black authors, you just don't have the vim for them. You just don't. And I say that because the amount of, um, uh, different publishers that have reached out and asked for their authors to be on this uh, podcast. And I'll be like, yeah, sure. Why not? Because I understand that it is, um, it is a service. Like I need to make sure that authors are seen, especially black authors that they're seen and they're taught and that their book or their film, whatever the case may be, these black creators, whatever they've made gets a platform to be talked about in a way that it deserves. Because oftentimes I think that's missing when they go onto white platforms. So I said to somebody like, oh, it would be great for Casta to come on. And then the, like, I feel like it's a predominantly white team. And they were like, hmm, yeah, they gave me that fake thin lip smile. And I'm like, whenever people smile at me like that, especially white people, especially white women, I'm like, you're lying. Like you're not taking this seriously. And so one of them walks away, comes back and goes, oh, you've just had a book come out, haven't you? And I was thinking, oh, so you had to go and check with somebody if I was worth Casta talking to very interesting scenes. Meanwhile, you'll put somebody like Hester in harm's way to go on woman's hour and to be talked to like a dog by that fucking prick, Emma Barnett, because all for the sake of you just want to shift numbers because that's all you know, again, because you lot aren't fucking imaginative. It's like, well, let's send everybody onto woman's hour, even if they're spoken to like pieces of shit, as long as we get to, does Emma even read? Does she even read? Jane Garvey was that girl, not Emma. But you lot will keep doing that because you're not creative. You don't have sense. Like, yeah, she did the ta- the tours of all of the main platforms. Okay. But who is talking to her about her pain? Who is talking to her about the things that she wanted to achieve that probably didn't get to because of misogynoir? Who is doing that? Not None of your mainstream Donnies are doing that. And this is how books shift. And this is how people not just, you know, it's not just about the selling of books. You want pe- the books to touch people's hearts. And that's where you lot continue to miss a trick. And honestly, the more and more I look at publishing, all I see is like the only thing that they have over people who are self-published is distribution because you've got the Waterstones, you've got the supermarkets, you've got the this, you've got that. Because outside of that, like, what do you have? What are you doing for the black authors? What are you doing? Anyway, Casta, should you happen to hear this? I love you, girl. Come on, come on to say your mind. You don't even have to come on to say your mind. You can come on to my next thing. You know, you don't have to come on to say your mind. You come on to my next thing. We can do that instead. But I'm sorry for the way that that raggedy bitch Emma spoke to you. I will never, if you were my boo, nobody would ever talk to you like that because I would have draped them up. And I, I've got beef with Emma anyway. But I would, I would have told them about their club. Nobody speaks about my baby like that. You, you hear it. Anyway, that's that for Share Your Magnificence. I need to be quick because this uh, masseuse is going to be coming anytime soon. So you mad. What was I going to say? Base, oh, anyway, two slaps on your chest. Cast the semenya. You're that, you're that girl. Um, yeah, like I said, let me be quick because I need to get to my house. Carol Vorderman put up a post the other day saying that she is leaving the BBC. Interessante, because it's full of many ghouls. 
Um, that's not what she said. That's what I'm saying. So she says here in So You Mad, she says, some news. I'm leaving BBC Radio Wales. Please read why. And thank you to all of you who answered the funny questions I asked every week about my about old memories and daft stories. I love them. You made me laugh so much. But now onwards to the next very interesting chapter. It says here in her release. After five years, I'm leaving my Saturday morning show on BBC Radio Wales. Well, the BBC recently introduced new social media guidelines, which I respect. God, no, you don't. However, despite my show being lighthearted with no political content, it was explained to me that as um, it was a weekly show in my name, the new guidelines would apply to all and any content that I post all year round. Since those non-negotiable changes to my radio contract were made, I've ultimately found that I'm not prepared to lose my voice on social media, change who I am, or lose the ability to express the strong beliefs I hold about the political turmoil this country finds itself in. My decision has been to continue to criticise the current UK government for what it has done to the country, which I love, and I'm not prepared to stop. I was brought up to fight for what I believe in, and I will carry on. Consequently, I have now breached the new guidelines and BBC Wales management have decided I must leave. Oh, she got fired. We each must make our decisions. I'm sad to have to leave the wonderful friends I've made at Radio Wales. I wish them and all of our listeners all of the love in the world. We laughed a lot and we will miss each other dearly. But for now, another interesting chapter begins. And then she wrote something in Gaelic, I believe. Cymru. Gaelic is, oh God, Kelechi, you're failing. You're falling at these hurdles. I'm so sorry. But she wrote something in the language of the Welsh people. Maybe it's called Welsh. But she, that she basically said goodbye, farewell, and all of them things there. But I can't believe that they did that. Well, I can believe it because so many people have been gagged by the BBC and they're not allowed to speak. And this is why I'm glad that I've got Say Your Mind because I can say my mind. I can say whatever the hell I want and I don't need to hide for any motherfucking body. I don't. And more people need to do that because the, the more you stifle yourself and you don't speak your truth, that affects your, your throat chakra as well as other parts of your body. You need to get that truth out, baby. Get it out into the world. Nobody knows how long they have on this earth. So use today to shake tables. That's all I've got for you there. Um, what else? Megan Thee Stallion has a new song out called Cobra. And um, in the song, she alludes to her ex-boyfriend, Pardison Fontaine, also known as Pardy, um, that apparently he cheated. Pardison Fontaine appears to be unbothered after the release of Megan Thee Stallion's new single, Cobra. Some fans speculated that the Houston hottie called out Pardison for cheating on the new track. Pulled up, caught him cheating, getting his dick sucked on the same spot I'm sleeping. Meg rapped on Cobra Some listeners pointed to Fontaine as the subject in question Also alleging that his new girlfriend Dancehall artist Jada Kingdom How many people Is Jada Kingdom um, dating I don't mind <laughs> Me I can't, like <laughs> This is why me I don't personally get involved in body count conversations But I don't mind But what I just want to know I just want to understand Because um, uh, Burner Boy said um, something about buying a Birkin that the best pom-pom day in a Kingston. That's why I mean buy a Birkin for Jada Kingdom. I respect it. All of the Benz Ponani babes pulled the fuck up. Okay? Pretty pussy gyal shouted from the rooftops. My gynecologist bought me a new car. Yes, lady saw. So I just want to understand the logistics is all I'm saying. I, I, I'm, it's, for me, it's not a moral thing. 
I just, I, you are putting in that work is all I'm saying. That's all. I am intrigued. Um, Dancehall artist Jada Kingdom was the other woman. In his Instagram stories, Fontaine gave what appears to be a subliminal response to the accusations using futures. It's an evil world we live in meme, followed by an image of Tristan Thompson laughing. You used the most raggedy guy, so that must mean you two are raggedy. And like, if the rumors are true, um, wait, anyway, it says here, Kingdom had time to shut down the speculation. According to TMZ, um, I know it's going to drive y'all crazy to not have someone specific to terrorize for y'all president, but it wasn't me. She wrote, okay, fair enough. She continued, don't insert me in shit that got nothing to do with me. How did the math equal me? What girl? Anyway, Fontaine and Megan reportedly dated from 2020 to early 2023 meeting when Fontaine contributed to the Savage remix featuring Beyonce. That same year, Megan joined Fontaine's occasional collaborator, Cardi B for WAP. Um, you, some of you just need to stop dating these guys in the music industry. If uh, just stop dating guys. <laughs> no, sorry. You know, sometimes I feel like certain influencers had the right idea with some statements. No, I'm just joking before you start screaming and shouting. Um, but honestly, how could you do that? How could you put somebody lay where I lay? Why would you do that? The girl is going through so much. She's lost her parents. Like she got shot in the foot. You saw all of these happening. She bought you a PS5, whatever the game. She bought him something, Sha. All of these things. And and like, oh, men can kill. Men can really, really kill. My God. Damn. Damn. Meg deserves better. And I just hope she gravitates towards friends and partners that can truly love and honor her because for as far as I've seen, she's surrounded by a lot of raggedy people. And as uh, bossy as she comes across when she's rapping and doing all of those things, I feel like she's a gentle, vulnerable soul and people are taking advantage of her. And I just want better for my girl, you know? Um, so that's that. And then another baby girl going through it. All the baby girls are going through it. Kiki Palmer, um, Kiki Palmer's mom speaks out amid um, Darius Jackson abuse claims. Trigger warning here. Um, after Kiki Palmer filed for a temporary restraining order against her ex, Darius Jackson, the one that's told her you're a mom for what she wore when she went to Usher, um, Usher's concert. Um, on Thursday, her mother, Sharon Palmer, spoke out against Jackson and his brother, actor Sarunas Jackson, who starred in Insecure. Sarunas tweeted and then deleted a post seemingly disparaging his brother. He played Dro. Is it Dro in Insecure? The most disgusting, vile, abusive, manipulative person I've ever encountered in my entire life. Abuses almost everyone. Y'all will see, Sarunas wrote. Just send positive energy to the babies. Any child in the middle of something like this does not deserve it at all. Wow, so damn sad. On Thursday, Sharon posted a video on Instagram claiming she had spoken to Sarunas about his brother more than a year ago. For Sarunas Jackson to post on his Twitter that ridiculous stuff, that he posted when he knew his brother was abusive, she said to camera. I went to Sarunas over a year ago, she claimed in a video, and told him that his brother was abusive to my daughter. And he said, well, I used to be like that too. Um, Sharon continued, so now he's posting on Twitter like he's this special guy when we know he's the biggest fuckboy in Hollywood. Damn, he's disrespectful to women just like his little brother, um, just like his little brother. Sarunas, she alleged taught his brother how to be abusive so he don't get to act like 
he's this special guy. No, you're a fuck boy and you're part of the problem. Well, damn. In the post caption, Sharon wrote, I dare you mess with my family. Family means everything to me. You and your family act like sociopaths and like the world can't see it. You are phony. And I saw you from day one. My daughter is kind and our family treated you with kindness. And this is how you treat it. I won't take this laying down anymore. I'm done. Um, Serena's posted a denial in the comments of a shade room post in on Instagram. Shade room is where you went to. Ah! I never once said that to Sharon. He wrote, not once in my life. I've never been abusive to any of the women I've ever been involved with. I'm not going to keep on with this circus, but Sharon, the world is about to hear your voice very soon and the threats you made to my family. Um, Palmer's Thursday filing accused Darius of several incidents of domestic violence, some of which she alleged were captured on her home security camera. A judge granted Palmer the temporary restraining order on Friday and temporary sole custody of her son with Darius um, Leodis. I'm sending you all of the love, Kiki, because I don't know what's going on over there. But baby girl, free yourself. Free yourself because... Uh, you know and I pray that you have all the love and protection around you because these are incredibly wild scenes and Sarunas is all it just seems to be in mess somehow I don't know I don't know it's all very odd to me I didn't even know that they were related this is how little I pay attention to celebrity things damn um, but that's that for So You're Mad finally straw of the week goes out to that um, B in Braverman is for blood clot is what I wanted to say. This goes out to Suella Braverman, you bitch. Um, anyway, Suella Braverman previously branded pro-Palestinian demonstrators hate marchers and claimed the police were biased against right-wing marches. Um, Scotland's first minister, Humza Youssef, has called for the Home Secretary to resign after counter-protesters clashed with police in London. I don't even know why we're calling them counter-protesters. What does that even mean? Why are we making up words? Just call them cunts. They're cunts. They're pricks. Like, they're enemies of progress. Just say enemies of progress were were disrupting the march. Like, what is a counter-protest? Like, what the fuck are you lot talking about? Um, Mr. Youssef accused her of fanning the flames of division and said her position was now untenable. But the prime minister said he still had full confidence in Ms. Braverman. And that's why Rishi needs to go with her. And I hate that the police are now asking for details of the woman that had the placard that um, had Rishi and um, Suella on it and also coconuts. And they were like, this is hate. Stay out of intra-community discussions, please. Stay out of it. Focus on nabbing the rapists in your ranks. Focus on that. The Home Secretary's claims that police were biased for letting the march go ahead prompted widespread criticism and calls for the Prime Minister to sack her and sack himself, I would hope. Downing Street told BBC Scotland News its position had not changed since it commented on the row on Friday. But pressure mounted on Ms. Braverman as the Metropolitan Police said officers had faced aggression from counter-protesters, also known as cunts, ahead of Saturday's two-minute silence in Whitehall. The force later confirmed it had made more than 100 arrests to prevent the breach of peace. So the right-wingers that you're backing were the ones that went and caused the problem. Can you see? Because they're ugly like your husband. The, like, the nonsense that you're supporting is what got us here. And you th- you keep thinking that you're going to get the backing of these people. If they had half the chance with you, they will trap. They will tra- they will march on your face. It's what you don't understand. Coon. Um. 
Meanwhile, largely peaceful pro-Palestinian marches took place across Scotland um, in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Aberdeen, Dundee, Forest and Dumfries. Is that how you say it? In Glasgow, the crowd listed, uh, listened to speeches from SNP and Green politicians, as well as representative of the Stop the War Coalition and an eight-year-old girl whose parents moved to Scotland from Gaza. Several hundred demonstrators protested outside the main branch of Marks and Spencers on Argyle Street. Shoppers were not unable to get into the shop for around 15 minutes but police protected one door to allow customers to leave. Uh, the trouble in London began shortly after 10 a.m. when a large crowd of people bearing St. George's flags. Now, can you see why we think the St. George's flags are racist? Were seen walking along the embankment, shouting, England till I die. Skirmishes broke out as police attempted to stop them from reaching the Cenotaph um, War Memorial, but the group pushed through with some shouting, let's have them, as officers hit out with batons. The Met posted on social media, while the two-minute silence was marked respectfully and without incident on Whitehall, officers have faced aggression from counter-protesters who are in the areas um, in the area in significant numbers. The force added that it would use all the powers and tactics available to us to present the to prevent the counter-protesters from confronting the main march. Um yeah, like Suela, if you do nothing else in this life, I want you to find a cup filled with acid and then put a straw in that cup. And I just want you to suck with all the enthusiasm that you have for hatred. Just do that. Just, 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 just suck on that. Because something needs to be able to wither away the hatred that's in your soul. You are a nasty, nasty person. And you've put so many people at risk because of the disgusting things that you've chosen to say and do. And you're no home secretary. Um, the home that you deserve to go back to is called hell. Return there immediately. That's what we want. You hateful, nasty bitch. That's it. Suck out. Well, that's that for this week's episode. I better rush home and so I can go and get my massage on. And um, I hope that you've enjoyed this. I pray that you are well. It's really been um, a full hardy episode with lots of things. Anyway, I've been Kelechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, Suella, suck your mum. That's it. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time's calling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind